Welcome to another business-orientated episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast with myself, Willem Klopper, your host. And in this specific episode, we're going to talk about the professional body with more focus on the professional designation. Now, joining me for this conversation is Mr. Yapi Nell, the Senior Manager of Registration and Recognition of SACWA, which is, of course, the South African Qualifications Authority. And, of course, Mr. Lee Smith uh, of the PRB, the Chairperson of the Board of the PRB. Uh, Lee, Yapi, a very warm welcome to the two of you, and thank you for joining me for this conversation. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Willem. Right, so I think that there's a lot that can be said, and I think that it's important that we give some clarity to our listeners and our viewers, uh, the plumbers out there, some clarity on the subject. Uh, there's a lot that we can be said. I've got quite a few questions for the two of you. But before we delve into the juicy details of the, of the conversation, let's just cross over to a quick ad break for our listeners and our viewers. Do stay tuned. Do have a look at those ad breaks that are for your information and for your benefit. We'll be right back after the ad break. My bro, this CPT of this is a complete waste of my time. I know this thing very well. It's in my blood. I pride myself in this. I don't need help from a bunch of paper pushers, paper pushers. while I'm doing the real work. Are you someone who thinks, it can never happen to me? CPD is not in place as a burden to the plumber, but rather as a mechanism to ensure that you remain up to date and current with new material, products, standards, and of course, ways of doing installation. In addition, the CPD Rewards Program's intent is to ensure that you receive great rewards while in pursuit of becoming a better version of you for the benefit of yourself and that of your customers. So here's how it works. Depending on your level of tiers, whether you are blue, bronze, silver, gold or diamond, you stand a chance in being rewarded with discounts on COCs, Cloud Plumber t-shirts, your annual renewal, and of course, various other prizes. Welcome back. Uh, you are joining us for the Professional Plumber Podcast, a business-orientated episode in which we're discussing the professional body and your designation, the, the professional designation. Yopi. If we could just do a quick introduction to the audience, if you could just tell our listeners and our viewers who you are, how you fit in, your little bit of a background, please. Well, yeah, <clears throat> Jaap Pinel from SACWA. I'm the senior manager for the registration of qualifications and recognition of professional bodies. Um, my background is that I was involved in the whole research basically since 1994, 90, um, yeah, 1994, 1995, maybe some earlier about that. Joined SACWA in 1998 and left at my own business, coming back after a stint in Bahrain, Middle East. Um, now, yes, I'm part of SACWA. Very exciting working with professional bodies, but also that's why I'm great. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, it's that, um, 
as I indicated, very challenging. They are exciting times lying ahead also, and looking forward to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yabi, they say that wisdom comes with a grey hair. Mm. Well, I guess debatable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lee, our, our viewers and our listeners are already familiar with you and how you fit into the spectrum, but just a quick, a very quick introduction. Thanks, uh, Willem, again. For those who don't know, I'm the current chairman of the Plumbing Industry Registration Board, uh, plumber by trade. Um, I used to be in the trenches, so I understand from the low level down to the right down to there's the calluses on my hands. I understand how the the environment operates. And then obviously dealing at association levels, you know, and dealing with the qualifications, how they fit together, how they um, work. Um, I've learned that over years. I wouldn't say I'm proficient in it, but uh, I've got a kind of like understanding on that specific thing. And then obviously from a, obviously with this discussion, I was the lead in respect to registering with SACWA when the professional bodies came out in 2012, 2011. I think that's when it was. Yeah, yeah, 2012 from Mm -hmm. that point. But but I think it's a very good uh, discussion that we're going to have because, you know, people don't really understand the, I think I think the, 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 the plumber out there understands a professional. I mean, that's clear. Everybody understands. But how does that fit within the bigger space in respect to SACWA and more so the designation? And I think that's that's what we had to discuss is just to unpack that. I don't want to take the show away no, from absolutely. Because right. it's confusing. I mean, it's sometimes, I mean, you may see how many times we get wrapped over the knuckles for just using <laughs> that word or that word and whatever it is. And we, we're learning as well, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so we understand it very much, you know, from a, um, from the PRRB's perspective, that professionalism is very important in the industry. There's no doubts behind that. It's just a matter of now how do we talk with SACWA and them is how they understand it and how the rest of the professional bodies is like. And that's where the, trouble, the clashes come in and not understanding it correctly. I think we're all on the same page with the same objective, the same, you know, about continuous learning, continuous mm-hmm. development, um, um, getting people qualified, um, promoting the NQF. I'm sure I'm taking Yarpi's uh, <laughs> spotlight. His. <laughs> anyway, but thanks for the invitation. Yarpi, if you don't mind, just a quick explanation of NQF, what the NQF Act or the NQF is, how it came about, and uh, SACWA, the South African Qualifications Authority, how do the two, what that is, and then how do the two of them, you know, collaborate or supplement each other, or how does it fit together? Thanks. I up front I need to say that um, I apologize for I speak Sakwish because Sakwish. <laughs> <laughs> that is you to get Sakwa Inc. here for yeah. and things like that. Um, that will just confuse us all, so it's okay, don't worry. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that what we need to do is looking back into the history broadly to say why the NKF is uh, especially. It was bringing academic qualification and your trade-based training well, not, not only trade-based, but informal learning or work-based learning mm. together on one system to integrate the education and training. And initially it was with eight-level framework where we um, register qualification on specific levels. And in that system, and I'm speaking about 1995 when SACWA was established and the NKF established in 1998, is that we registered qualifications, but we also accredited bodies to do quality assurance of these qualifications. And that created confusion, especially when you got your industry sector-based quality assurance bodies and your um, educationally-based quality assurance bodies. So the question was that what's the value of the qualification quality assured by 
let's say for example a sector education training authority um, at level five and from the council on higher education at level five is the same type of qualification so the whole NKF system was reviewed in two, from 2001. The NKF Act replaced the SACWA Act in, nine, in 2008. The NKF was implemented in 2009 as a 10-level framework, mm -hmm. where there was a clear distinction between academic, counselor uh, and higher education from level 5 to 10, school from level 1 to level 4 with Uma Lucy, and then the trade-based, occupationally-based qualification from level 1 to level 8 mm -hmm. with the Quality Council for Trades and Occupations. But part of that is that what we looked at is to say that who are all the role players within the whole NKF system? It's not only SACWA, it's not only the quality councils, it's also Department of Higher Education and Training, Department of Basic Education and Training, and then professional bodies, and then providers. All of these, uh, these are role players within the whole system, and, and we cannot live actually without the other one. Uh, so when you look at... Um, Qualifications, and I know that you spoke about the professional body seeing only academic-based qualification, and maybe that's a challenge that we do sit with in SACWA or in the industry, is to say that how do we see a professional? Mm. What's, how do we define a professional? And what we say that a professional, basically international, is that a professional needs to be qualified, needs to be remunerated or get a salary, and needs to subscribe to a code of ethics. That's a broad definition of For his specific trade, for his specific line of occupation. In area, in that area. So when you look at, again, is that on the higher education, they do speak about academic stream, a vocational stream, and a professional stream. And in that is that they see professional from level eight and upwards, having a professional qualification. But then again, it's on the trade base, on the occupational side is that you do have also occupations and trades. Mm. And, and our definition of a professional body is anybody of expert practitioners within a specific occupational field. And then they need to apply to SACO to be recognized. If they meet the policy criteria, we do recognize mm. them. And they do have a huge role to play within the NKF system. And that is many times that when you do speak to people, they don't understand what they, what's the role of a professional body and how the professional body need to sit or fit into the system and actually is how everybody can work together mm. making sure that we achieve the objectives of the NKF. Mm. And the objectives basically is first integrated system, secondly access, mobility, progression. And when we look at professional bodies, when we look at qualifications, we take that as a basis to say what is the access towards the qualification or towards the designation. So what is the mobility? Is the mobility within the field, within the learning field, workplace, and then progression? Is there mm. progression that they can go uh, as part of learning as well as work? Mm. Uh, and then we look at uh, quality uh, qualifications, uh, accelerating redress, where there was some discrimination in the past against people, and that is also where we expect professional bodies to play a role, to say, how can we bring that people in as part of access? And then the last one is personal development as well as economic development. Mm. A lot of benefits to it. Yeah, I think I think one of the challenges, and we've had these discussions in the forums, the professional body forums, is that is that, and I think this is this is where 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 the professional body. I mean, SACWA hasn't. It's not perfect yet with the professional bodies, and we mm. learn all the they learn all the time. It's like anything. It's we learn. It's a learning yeah. process, so it continuously moves and it's adapting. And I think one of the one of the challenges is trying to get our heads around academia versus trades, if you know what I'm saying. Even though there is this formal academic theory in both both of them, 
but your trades tend to lean towards a workplace experience type mm. of thing. So it's just trying to marry, you know, trying to find our feet in that specific environment. Mm. I don't know if it is. No, I agree. You know, that when you look at actually, is that you, we can say it's a little bit broader that you've got your your statutory councils that established by an act. And I know that there are lots of discussions around that, and then what we call non-statutory. Mm. But in the non-statutory, what Lee indicated is to say that you've got your academic base, you've got your trade base, and then you may have, for example, professional bodies with international links. Mm. And that created another um, challenge to say, how do you deal with that? How can you do that? Um, and then what we are also looking at is benchmarking from SACWA perspective. We are going to do go on a benchmarking process, looking at how do they regulate bodies and looking at regulatory bodies and that's not necessarily your doctors and lawyers but if you look at for example UK, um, Norway, what they do is that they regulate plumbing for example and they regulate um, carpentry and bricklaying. Yeah. So that's the question is that how can we, is it possible, is it a possibility to do that in South Africa? Um, so that is part of our benchmarking exercise. Lee, one of the things that Yabi uh, uh, mentioned was that they've got a set of criteria according to which they recognize <coughs> and then uh, uh, award, uh, you know, that uh, recognition the recognition as a professional, as a professional body. body as well as register the, the professional designations of that specific uh, professional body. But what is a professional body then? And how does it, what is the purpose thereof and, and the importance of having professional bodies. So I'm going to, I'm going to, so I'm going to just tell you a little bit of a story about how we became registered. Mm. So obviously as an organizer, because I think, so let me start it the other way around. I think a lot of people think that, that if they apply to SACWA to become a recognized professional body and SACWA gives them their stamp, they're there, then they are a professional body. No, mm. they should already be a professional body mm in what they are doing, mm. <laughs> and only SACWA is just giving them their recognition. It's not by receiving the recognition they, they aren't recognized. They should already be recognized, irrespective if they got the recognition. They already be, they should already be doing those things. And I think that's very important to understand, um, um, especially when we started moving forward in that direction, because all our all our objectives, you know, when, when, when SACWA came about in 2012, as we said, and uh, the policy was put together and the policy spells out and says this is, this is what you must achieve, you know, and put have this in place and all that stuff. And this is our objectives within the policy and all that. And then we looked at our objectives and were actually our objectives actually spoke to the objectives mm -hmm. of SACWA, you know, about um, uh, advancing the NQF, continuous professional development, upliftment, bringing mm -hmm. uh, previously disadvantaged people into the process, mm -hmm. you know. And then very important is protecting the consumer. And as a result of that, we said, but wait a second, you know, there's an opportunity here, or, you know, we believe we fit and already doing this stuff. So let's ask SACWAC, can they recognize us for what we are already doing? And we went through the process and uh, lucky for us, we were acknowledged and we're going through our, I think it's now our third year, third, 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 third. Term, term, because we get reviewed every year, every year it is reviewed. So it's not just a, a foregone conclusion, you get the stamp and now you're, and okay. forever it, yeah. Yes, and, and as as um, as the it evolves each time, you know, there's a different objects. We 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 spoke about ethics, <laughs> ethics being a big thing. In the beginning, I wouldn't say it wasn't in place, but because as we develop mm -hmm. now, the, the emphasis on ethics was brought up as part of your continuous professional development and all that stuff. So, 
Can I add what, what Leah said, is that when you look at the policy and criteria, and, and he mentioned it in 2012, and as we learn through the process, we see it also as a long life, uh, lifelong learning. As we learn through the process, we may change the policy. Sometimes we may be more, can I say, strict on certain areas in the policy. Sometimes we take it a little bit, make it a little bit more easier. But basically is that when you look at the professional body, is that what we expect them to do is to say, set a professional standard. Mm. And in that professional standard is what we look at and we discuss that, is so that what, what is the qualification a learner or a person must have to be able to be designated. Mm. Uh, so that's a standard. So you cannot say that you, you may have only metric, for example, or national senior certificate and you are a plumber now. You need to be qualified to be designated. Um, and then also is to say, looking at lifelong learning on continuous professional development, mm. because there are new developments. Exactly. And, and what do you do with that? Is that do you just go on? And, and what we always ask people is that when last did you study, but did you stop learning? Mm. And that is where most people say, no, we you, didn't stop learning. Everything evolves. Changes. Technology evolves. Your, your new materials, new ways, new methods of yeah. doing things, uh, new products come out, everything. You know, so things change and, and plumbers have to keep up with that. No, no, no. Plumbers know everything. <laughs> they don't need any lifelong learning. That's the information we get. And I'm sure every other professional about it. Yeah, many, many of these. We can, we can have a conversation about CPD <laughs> and we can spend the whole day <laughs> but it's obviously that you know a professional body then serves a specific purpose and specifically when it comes to um you know the the uh, nqf and sakwa for that matter i've got a couple of other questions for the two of you but uh, we're going to go to a quick ad break so for our listeners and our viewers do stay tuned again as always have a look and a listen to these ads they are for your information and for your benefit we'll be right back after the ad break Good day. How can I help you? Hi. I'm here to log in my COCs, but I seem to be having an issue with my computer. No problem. But did you know that you can log your COCs using an app on your cell phone? Oh, what app is that? It's called The App Plumber. Do you have a smartphone with you? Yes, I do. Oh, well, let me show you how it works. Not only can you access your PRB profile on The App Plumber, but you can also earn CPD points while exploring the plumbing industry in the palm of your hand. Download the app from Google Play Store and join thousands of other happy users. Welcome back to this episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast with myself, Yapi Nell and Lee Smith. We're discussing the professional body and the professional designation. And we have discussed just before we went into the ad break what the NQF is, what SACWA is, how they fit together, their objectives. We've discussed what a professional body is and how that sort of also fulfills a role and a purpose. And uh, just before we went into the ad break, one of the last things that Yapi mentioned was uh, looking at the, the, the qualification that a, personal need, a person need for their trade or for their specific occupation to in order for them to be awarded a designation and that's why i want to shoot my next question to lee lee what is a professional designation how does it work how does how does one get that designation of saying i am now registered with this body and i then get awarded is it can i use the term awarded awarded the, the term professional designation. designation yeah so i'm going to leave the the, I'm going to leave the question to Yapi, but he can, he can, 
he can paint in the academic stuff, although the, <laughs> the nice uh, regulatory stuff. But in my in my terminology, it's very simple. And let's let's break it down like that because so a designation is separate to that of a qualification. Mm-hmm. It's important to understand. However, you need an un, you need that qualification to underlie on that designation. Mm-hmm. Now you might say, well, what's the point? What's the point in having a qualification underlying with the designation? Because I've got my qualification. Now, we, before the break, um, we spoke about continuous lifelong learning and all that stuff. That's a, <clears throat> so when you get your qualification, your qualification stops at that point. <laughs> However, a designation is awarded by the professional body which is part of that continuous learning on top of that qualification, mm. if that makes sense. So therefore, mm. if you hold the designation, you're holding the, desi- uh, you're holding the qualification, which is acknowledged, and you'll never lose the qualification, mm. but then you're having all the other stuff that goes with that accountability, um, um, all the, the, I mean, not, I wouldn't say all the accountability, but the continuous professional and then everything that the professional body puts around that designation, mm. because it is the professional body that awards the designation upon meeting the criteria of that designation. Sure. Making sure that, like Yabi also said uh, prior to the advertisement, that that person is truly qualified to perform the specific work that uh, he or she is going gonna, is gonna to do. Well, I think, and, I think so let's just get the terminal. So, so look at it. Let's, let's, let's look at it from a consumer's perspective. So I've got two people standing in front of me. There is, and again, taking nothing away from a person who's got their qualification. That's yeah. not the thing. It says mm. two people standing. One is a person who is qualified in terms of their qualification on the NQF Act. And then you have the person who is qualified but holds a designation. Mm. So from a competency point of view, one would assume, and if you look at it from a, de- from a very high-level perspective, is that that person's learning, you can, as a consumer, stopped at that particular point. I mean, he could have continued, but you don't know that. Whereas if he's holding the designation, you know that he didn't stop his learning because mm. it was part of that, that mm. designation title that he received. Can I add what, what Lee said? You notice that when you look at the designation definition, it's basically acknowledgement of knowledge and experience. Ah. So, and, and that is what he indicated that, yes, as part of the standard setting, and that is broader, not only in the plumbing industry, that uh, professional bodies should actually be involved in the qualification. So that if, if I want a person to be designated, I would like to have this competencies as part of the qualification, and then you will gain some experience in the industry. And then based on that evaluation from the professional body perspective, I can then issue them a designation. Mm-hmm. What Lee indicated is, yes, it's about continuous development, but not only continuous development, is to say that, you subscribe to a code of ethics. Yeah. So when you do make use of a designated person, you trust that this person do subscribe to the code of ethics. And then if there's any, let's say, comeback and anything there, then you can actually complain to the professional body, say, but you've got a designated member and he made a mess. Mm, there's some kind of recourse for the consumer at the end of the day as well. Right? Yes. yes. It's, it's basically also, yes, uh, subscribing to a certain code of ethics, but also then subscribing to a body that sort of, infor- can I use the term enforce or sort of make sure that the registered parties then uh, abide and comply with a set of standards, the minimum requirement standards that are applicable to. That's also one of the things, if not, if not 
Let, let me say that, and Lee knows that, that when they apply for radio recognition as a professional body, what we look at is to say, what is your criteria for a designation? Mm. So basically, as we say, underlying qualification, what's your experience? Uh, and if a person does not have that underlying qualification, but with years of experience, do you have recognition of prior learning to get to that designation? Mm. So it's not, and that recognition of prior learning is again, again the same standard as the qualification. Mm. It's not the lowering of the qualification. And many times that you do get is people say, oh, you've got RPL, but show me your papers. Yes. Uh, but I can do the work and I've done this for mm. 30, 40 years. So you can take RPL also. But what's important, you don't get the qualification. Mm. You get the designation. Mm. To say that you do have the experience to get the designation. Um, another point is that when, as part of the application, uh, what is uh, the qualification, what's the experience, the code of ethics, and then in the person to keep the, the designation is that they need to prove that they continuously develop themselves. Mm. And that is a part, that's a requirement from SEQA. If you, if you don't, and, and I, normally we ask, what is your CPD, uh, your continuous professional development as part of SACWISH? Um, what, what is your CPD points for a period? And maybe it may be two years or annually, biannually, or over the period of three years. You need to have a number of points that you attend, for example, a podcast or some ethics training, something like that. And if you don't, then you don't fulfill the criteria for the designation. And then it's up for the professional body if they want to issue then the designation again. Designation is not for life. Correct. It's, it's, you need you need to apply your qualifications for life. Yes, hundred percent. What you yeah. saying there it says nobody can take the qualification away from yes. you. Yes, yes. But the designation can be removed, mm. and I think that's a very important. I'm going to. is a very important statement to make, is because, and remember what I said is your qualification stops when you leave the classroom. Yes. <laughs> and let me raise not your qualification, your learning towards that qualification tends to stop when you walk out of that classroom mm. and got that certificate. And therefore, but, you know, the technology, as you said earlier, continuously changes. Yes. And, and that's where the designation comes in. It's over and above that qualification mm. plus all the other nice stuff. Uh, for example, is that if you look at, and I'm trying now to, to bring it back to plumbing specific, you know, is that if you say that you're digging trenches, is that do you use different uh, methods or procedures when you use clay ground or rocky ground mm. or and in may you may live in one area where you did it in one uh, environment and then you may move to another environment where there's a different mm. condition soil condition and then you need to learn something how, different how do you know how to to handle that and uh, and, and that's part of your continuous profession mm. still learning and, and i think that what what lee indicated is yes you you obtained learning in classroom and you get in your qualification once assessed but when you go back into the practice, you still learn. Mm. And then ma many times that's not what you've learned as part of the qualification, but it's real life learning. And that is part of that. How do I recognize that? And then as part of that recognition, it's a designation that you can mm. give a designation. So I recognize that you are, you, you learn something. And many times that they utilize those people to learn other people on the job also. You know, many, many, many ways to get competency, many ways to learn. When I think of continuous professional de development and, and that continuous, continual learning is that, you know, a new material might come out that may be safer for the consumer. But if you never can learn about these new things that come out, you're going to continue installing something else. The, the previous type of material and then it, it has a health effect maybe on your on your consumer because you never kept up with the new safer thing or a, a new yeah. product may come out that is more efficient 
than something before that can save you time and your consumer money, etc. And, and if you never keep up with that, then you're going to lag behind. Definitely. I want to ask you quickly, Yapi, how does, we've established now what the professional body's role is um, and, and it's the purpose it serves, but how you, just at the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that the NQF and SACWA has certain objectives that they want to, to achieve and to be seen achieved. How does a professional body, and specifically the designations that they have, uh, including the, 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 you know, the continuous professional development, how does that contribute toward the advancement of those objectives of the NQF and SACWA? Well, if you look at, for example, I, I indicate access so and I indicated redress. There are lots of people outside that can do the work because they went through processes to learn, but they never had the chance to do a qualification. Now, I can give an example what we normally use when we start with the NQF is um, if you take a Mercedes to a garage, you said you will park it there and then people will open it and there will be a qualified mechanic. But he will never do the work. They've got repair shop assistants. They will do mm. the work. Mm. They will change the oil and things like that. Your mechanic will just come and tick. That repair shop assistant never had the chance to study. Ah. So he has <clears throat> sorry, the experience to actually service your car, but you're paying your mechanic, not that person. So that is part of the RPL to say, I can assess this person at the level of a mechanic to say that he's able to do that. The same as that you may have in plumbing, you may have assistants there that actually doing all the work. Mm really doing the work but no learning. And, and that is part when you say set the standard, yes, looking at the qualification, but also what is, what is necessary to access the qualification to allow a person to, to be designated. So that's part of that. Then mobility is, uh, again, is that if you, if you learn more, you may learn from putting in pipes to uh, geysers or whatever, is that you, that's also continuous learning that you need to do. So you may, so that I'm focusing on one area, as part of my learning, I can now focus on another area and I may make more money as part of that. And progression is that, do I need to learn further? And, and one, if you look at professional bodies and the, the debate about professional bodies, that what is the body of knowledge that a professional body can build on or can contribute or how can a professional body contribute to the body of knowledge mm. to improve the whole system, not only a specific sector? And that's, that's part of the, what we expect from SACWA, from, from a professional body. I mean, it's, you know, um, in, you know when, you, when you have a conversation with a plumber or whatever it is, they tend to look at it with their eyes. You know, it's about me, mine. But from a professional body or, and even from SACWA or from government's point of view, they've got to look at it holistically. Mm. You know, they can't just look at it, well, this guy, and we only look at it about him. No, no, no. You are a small element, and if it, you know, and but as a collective, if we do it all together and we all work together, we're going to lift our plumbing industry. It's not, it's not. Uh, I did CPD. No, it's not about me doing my CPD. It's us as a collective. When we do it as a collective, we enrich ourselves, but we also enrich the industry. And what happens is the industry moves up a level. Mm. If you know what I'm saying? Seeing as a real professional, and I think that's. From a very top level point of view, is that we're trying to drive that. We talk about protecting the consumer, and ultimately, mm. that's what it's about. You know, is to make sure that you give the right product to the consumer, not the right product, the right outcome yeah. to the, mm. uh, the consumer, which is based on your knowledge and the yes. way in which you engage with them. And yeah. that's what it's, 
you know, yeah. ultimately it's about, yes, all the upliftment, and, but that's about working together. Mm. But uplifting the industry, you're actually uplifting yourself in the eyes of the consumer as well. Can, can I tell a little story? It's, I listened to what Lee said, for example, on, on professionalization. Uh, the story was told that um, a mechanic went to a doctor and the doctor looked at him and said that and diagnosed some problems they need to operate and they gave him a price. And then the mechanic said, oh, why is it so expensive? And the doctor said, I'm a professional. I know exactly what's going on in, in your body, so I will fix it. So he paid it. Then afterwards, the doctor experienced problems with his car, so he took it to the mechanic. <laughs> the mechanic said, this is my price. He said, yeah, but you're expensive. Why are you expensive? He said, I'm a professional. I know exactly what's going on into your car. Mm. And I think that that's part of that is that you know your industry. And, and there, there are ways to improve the industry. And, mm. and, and the way to look at that is to say that, what is the role of the professional body? How can they also improve, not only uplifting, but improve the industry, improve knowledge in the industry? And, and it's the basis that there are plumbers outside experiencing problems and may come up with a solution, um, and they know, don't discuss it with other people. So a professional body may be a way also to discuss mm. possible solutions with problems that you experience in the industry. Yeah. It, it's clear that there are quite a few benefits. There are benefits for uh, the industry as a whole. There are benefits for the practitioner. There are benefits for the consumer. And, and ultimately, there should, there should be benefits for you know, the country, the economy and society should as be. well. Not should be. There is. Definitely there is. is. <laughs> and that's part of the objectives, to say that uh, it's not only for full personal development, but also to improve uh, uh, yeah, in society and the economy at large. Mm. So that is how a professional body can also play a role. And well, I guess how an economy lifts itself. It's about, think it as a, and I'll talk about the economy, but think it in a micro environment, just as a plumber. How do you, so ultimately they want to charge more money. Mm. Not charge more money, they want to gain access to more money. Well, how do you do that? You enrich yourself through knowledge and uplift you. I'm now going to learn solo. I'm going to learn heat pumps. Or I'm going to go learn this new competent pipe or mm. this one. Now you're enriching yourself. Now you're converting that knowledge value. Now you need to convert mm. it into monetary value. But the starting point is the knowledge that you have to gain. Yes. And now you look at it on a national level or on an economic level, it's exactly the same. Because if we educate and uplift ourselves, it will shift, to the, econo uh, shift the economy. There's no doubt in my mind. And basically what you say is that if you've got that new knowledge, extra knowledge or additional knowledge, you can grow. Opportunities. Yeah. Open. Job opportunities. Exactly. You're expanding your business's services, not only enriching and empowering yourself with extra knowledge, but also you're, you're opening the door for yourself to expand the services that you deliver in your business by learning new things. And, um, and, and that's how business grows. Yeah. I mean, you can then eventually employ more people and Correct. job creation and those kind of things. The benefits just uh, is unlimited. Yeah, we can, we can really have this. Another good example is that we always, plumbers always complain about the rates in the industry. Oh, why am I charging so much rates? But yet, they also argue the fact that why must I lift uh, my, my person who's on the tools, bringing you up. Now, think of it like this. If that, sorry, the, uh, let me put it, says obviously what happens is that when he trains that individual, then that, that person leaves his employment, the perception is, and then he goes and starts his, and then his competition against him. Mm. But he has the difference. When you do that, <laughs> you're actually giving that person power because currently that guy is, there's a whole lot of them already doing it. So they're competing and they're driving your price down as a plumber mm. because they're not uplifted. When they uplift themselves, 
They come up the same level, mm. and now you're competing at the same level. Now you're competing. So then train, train people, because mm. it's about going back to that point. You're adding value to the industry. Exactly. When you add value, then you can stand in front of the customer mm. and say, our industry is valuable at that rate. Mm. And, and nobody else will undercut you and because of the fact that they've been upskilled themselves. Yeah. Part of it is achieving that sustainable industry where you can charge sustainable rates and keep sustainable business within the industry. Sure. Gentlemen, we are drawing to a close of this episode. I want to thank the two of you for your time and your effort and having joined me for the valuable information that you've shared with our listeners and our viewers. Um, I think that we've, we've clarified a couple of things for them and I'm sure that they can contact either one of you if, if they have more, specifically the, the PRB, if they've got more questions in that regard. But thanks again. Or, or on SACPA's website. It's all yeah. freely available there. Um, all the qualifications, the policies, everything from that point, it's Open all available, transparent. Yeah. transparent. Mm. There it is. <laughs> Gentlemen, I want to say we, we, we have <laughs> 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 That's why we have a <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Job. I appreciate that. To our listeners and our viewers, that draws to an end of this episode. Now, just before I say goodbye from our side and go over to some industry announcements, I just want to mention to you that on the 5th of August, it is the PRB's Champions for Charity event taking place. And of course, that is the PRB's way and the plumbing industry and the plumber's way of giving back to society, plowing back into society. And I think it's a wonderful initiative, a lot of action on that evening, a lot of entertainment on that evening, and it's all in the name of charity. Now you, of course, can get involved in that by either buying your ticket and going to attend the event where you'll be served with a five-star meal. Um, you can dress up in your best evening gown and, and your best suit for that evening while you're watching an action-packed box fights uh, between some white-collar boxers and professionals. But you can also become one of the donators towards this event or towards one of the charities that are nominated and, of course, also become one of the sponsors. Remember, that event is coming up on the 5th of August. Have a quick look at this video insert and then right after that, we'll bring you some industry uh, announcements. From our side, thanks for your time and your effort in having tuned in. We'll see you next time. Hi everyone, Bobby here. So the Plumbing Industry Registration Board is passionate about making a difference in South Africa. The annual Champions for Charity White Collar Boxing event takes place on the 5th of August, 2023. Champions for Charity intends to be the difference maker and give our communities a puncher's chance in bettering themselves. 16 amateur fighters will step into the ring representing their various charitable organizations. And as a citizen of this beautiful country, I implore you to give back in your own little way by donating to the various charities that will be represented on the day. So go and make your donations on www.championsforcharity.coza under the charity and box you feel closest to and help us to make a difference in our communities. So be a part of this movement and become a champion for charity. Hashtag one for all and all for one. Tickets and sponsorships for the Champions for Charity event has officially sold out. We'd like to thank every sponsor and individual who has bought a ticket or who may have donated toward the nominated charity beneficiaries. We couldn't have done it without you.
For those of you who would still like to be part of this event, you can still make donations toward any or all of the nominated charity beneficiaries. Visit www.championsforcharity.co.za and then select the option Beneficiaries. You will then be able to make your donations right there on the website. See you next weekend. The PIRB recognizes plumbers for their hard work and for staying up to date with their CPD points and they reward them accordingly. The higher the number of CPD points plumbers earn, the better their rewards. Plumbers are now able to receive discounts on certain items like COCs, renewal fees and other products depending on the level of tier of their continuous professional development points. But there's more. Plumbing stakeholders can partner with the PIRB to encourage plumbers to continually develop themselves. Please contact communication at pirb.co.za to find out how you can be involved. The PIRB offers even more prizes to win. Download the App Plumber mobile application. Tap on the Scratch and Win feature to play our games thereon. App users get two opportunities per day to scratch and stand a chance to win some awesome prizes. The higher the level of tier of your CPD points, the grander the prize you stand a chance to win. Download App Plumber and play Scratch and Win today. And remember that you can book advertising space on any of the PIRB's video productions. To find out more about this opportunity, contact us at marketing at pirb.co.za or call us at 0861-747-275.